Hello, exceptional people. You are now listening to Change Today, a new podcast about how we can better society. I'm your creator and co-host, Mariam Antone. And I'm co-host, Molly Petrusi. And today we will be finishing up um, our discussion on rape culture. This is part two, so if you missed out on part one, feel free to go check it out before you listen to this one. Um, usually, Molly, I would ask you how you are doing. But instead, we're going to hop right back into our topic. Right. So more specifically, rape culture on college campuses. So we're going to share some statistics that might be a little bit jarring. You wouldn't expect so much of these types of things to happen, but they do. 13% of all students experience rape or sexual assault through physical force, violence, or incapacitation among all graduate and undergraduate students. I mean, I think anything over zero is too much, but... (laughs) Absolutely. And I feel like we say 13% and it doesn't sound like a lot, but think about specifically your school. Right. Like, you can calculate 30%. I mean... 13% of your student body and that's probably a very high number we both go to a tiny school we have like about 2,000 to um, to 2,500 students at the school and that is like teeny in comparison Massachusetts schools yes so for us that would mean that's like almost 300 students yes so think about that in terms of every school in America undergrad and graduate and that, that's going to be like a million people that's going probably. To be in the millions of people getting sexually assaulted. Exactly. Right. And if we, instead of saying students, if we said women in college, right, that number is going to go up. So next, among graduate and professional students, 9.7% of women and 2.5% of men experience rape or sexual assault through physical force, violence, or incapacitation. People going into college, sometimes we don't really know. Obviously, you have no experience um, outside of like being a child until you go to college. A lot of times you're living away from home. You're experiencing like real parties for the first time. So you don't always know how to behave and how to protect yourself. I'm not saying that in any way this will be your fault if this happens to you. But you just don't know all the precautions that you can take to prevent it when you're a new. Right. So when we say 9.7% of women who are graduates, these are women over the age of 22. Yes. These are adults. These are adult women going to their second round of college. Yeah. They it's, know, you know, what to do. They know what it's like to be a woman in America. Yes. They know how to protect themselves. So at yes. this point. It shouldn't even be that high. It shouldn't. It shouldn't exist. Yeah. Like. Exactly. It shouldn't, because they know all the precautions, right? The precautions. In air quotes, like... Yeah. At this number, I don't... Obviously, we don't condone any kind of victim blaming, but especially in graduate school, how are you going to blame this person when they're a grown adult and they know they've been in college, they know what it's like, Exactly. Like, there's nobody else to blame but the perp, and the fact that that number is so high just proves that we're not doing enough as a society. Exactly, to, to prevent this. To prevent this, to prevent rape, to prevent sexual assault. Yes. Okay, 
So among undergraduate students, so this means first-time college students, mm-hmm. 26.4% of women and 6.8% of men experience rape or sexual assault. That is almost 30%. Mm-hmm. That is a quarter yes. of all people going to school. Yes, a quarter of all women. Mm-hmm. That means if you're in a classroom of 20 people, five of them got raped or were sexually assaulted in some way. Yes. If you think it's not a problem on campuses and you're sending your kid to a safe school, that doesn't mean anything. Nope. Because people are people and will have these behaviors because of what society tells them, which was more gone into in depth in the first podcast. But you can't change the people just because you're at a safe place. There's the story. There is a girl at St. Mary's, which is an all-girls Catholic school, very exclusive, hard to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like an amazing school to be a part of. She got raped. This was her, her first time going out to a party. She went with a group of friends. Her friends convinced her, oh, please come out with us. They went to, I think it was like a bar or might have just been a, a small get-together, but it wasn't a large group of people. And it was from... Um, it was with boys that went to an all-boys school, like, across the street. I forgot the name of it. My bad. Um, and this girl got raped at a Catholic girls' school yep. that it was incredibly exclusive. There, This notion of, oh, it's that's such a good school. It's a Christian school. Yes. Especially emphasis on the Christian part. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't, just because it's Christian doesn't mean that this doesn't happen. Nope. That is not true at all. And it happened. And actually, the saddest part of this story is that the president of St. Mary's, the president, he said about this girl, he said, these things don't happen here. He practically called her a liar. He he dismissed the idea that yeah. rape was even possible at his school. Exactly. And that's just not true. And it's not, and I can guarantee you that is not the only case at that school. Nope. Definitely not. Not even the same case, not even the only case that month. Definitely not. 5.8% of students have experienced stalking since entering college. I feel like people think stalking is only someone's looking at you, looking at you out your window. And that, but that is just so general and just so inaccurate. Mm-hmm. People don't realize it's constantly finding you after class, following you back to your room, sending things to your sending room, sending things to you. Constantly. DMs, Snapchats, texts, calls. So many calls. Literally dropping things off outside your door. Yes. Or, this is considered stalking. For those of you that don't know, if you continually send slightly threatening messages to somebody, like if you broke up with somebody, and they see you on campus with somebody else, and they're sending you messages, oh, I better not see you with this person again. Oh, you moved on that fast, huh? Things like that. That's stalking. That's stalking. Yep. So no, it's not just someone staring at you through your window. Mm -hmm. It's all of these things. And 5.8% is also too high. Absolutely. Nobody should be stalking anybody. But and it's I feel like stalking has been made especially easy for our generation because we have phones. Stalking is so easy because everyone puts their location on posts too. Yes. Or like 
for me, I don't understand the idea, like, or why people have their location on for, like, Snapchat. Oh, no. The fact that I can, like, go onto, like, a map and see where people are. Like, I've had mine off my entire life. And if I ever have kids, they are not allowed to ever share their location. And why do you want to? That, like, first of all, blows my mind. Our generation is so open to that. But mine is shared, but only with my closest friends in case something were to happen to me. But, like, I have it on ghosts for everyone else because I don't need these random people seeing where I am. Absolutely. And I know that I trust my friends not to be like, where's Molly? Where's Molly now? It's not for that. It's also the same thing with, like, find my iPhone. You know how you Mm -hmm. have that? I have it shared with my mom, my sister, and my two or three closest friends. But that's it. Nobody else can see where I am. Of course. So... Like, it really is so easy for our generation. Because even if they're not actively following you somewhere, like, walking behind you. Right. But if they're constantly checking where you are on Snapchat or where where you're posting, when you're posting, who you're with. Where you checked in last and, like, how long it's been. Because this is another thing that people do is they – so every social media tracks your activity. So – It'll say, Molly's active now, Mm -hmm. or Molly was active 10 minutes ago, whatever. If they check your activity and see that you're active and not talking to them and threaten you because of that, that's stalking. Or I know on Snapchat, I know the score goes up every time you send Mm -hmm. a snap. And receive. And receive. Okay, so I've had friends be like, oh, this guy literally snapped me. He was like, why are you ignoring me? I can see your snap score yes. going up. So you're definitely talking to someone. That's happened to, I think, everybody. Yeah, that's crazy. And that, like, is not acceptable behavior. No, and if you're just talking to your friends, they shouldn't even, it's none of their business, first yeah. of all. You don't owe anything to these random people. And it's stalking and it's creepy. So 5.8% of students is probably much higher than that. Yeah, I mean, when if you, you consider... consider these instances, because let's be real, sometimes when we just look at laws and the things that are written in laws, it doesn't like cover, cover everything. You don't have any teenage lawmakers. Right. That's not how it works. Right. So the things that we experience in real time aren't presented right. to, you know, our lobbyists don't look at it exactly the president of the united states isn't going to be like you can't check someone's snap score anymore yeah people adults are going to laugh that off and there's things that like you also can't moderate like you can't tell somebody what not to say exactly you know what i mean because freedom of speech exactly Uh, right (laughs) anyways (laughs) so uh, we we digress we digress but (laughs) there are so many instances that first of all aren't recorded and second of all that people aren't even fully aware that this is like a form of stalking yeah exactly we say 520 percent even though it sounds little again think of the grand scheme of people in college yes and then think about the instances that aren't considered stalking and the ones that aren't reported exactly that number is going to change this one personally shocked me the most probably so for every one robbery of a college-aged woman there are two sexual assaults which means there are twice as many sexual assaults happening as robberies. It's so mind-blowing to think about because I don't know about your schools, but for me and Molly, in the library, and I'm pretty sure in most study spaces, they always have these signs that say, like, if you have your computer out and you need to use the bathroom or, like, go out somewhere, you know, make sure, like, you leave it with a friend. Right. Or you put it in your backpack. And, you know, they always say the school's not responsible for, like, lost items or whatever. 
Now, think about how easy it is if you're like on the third floor of a library. It's like the silent floor and you go to the bathroom and you just leave your laptop out or your phone out or whatever. How easy it is for someone to take it. Yeah. It is apparently two times easier to rape a woman in college. Exactly. Than to take a laptop off a table while no one's watching you. And if that doesn't make you think and reflect on these things, I don't know what will. Because it's so easy to steal in college, like she was saying. Mm -hmm. People, I've seen it happen. People leave their water bottles out, and two seconds later, they're gone. I've been in places where, like, someone left their hydro flask in the bathroom, and I, like, went in the stall and went to the bathroom and then came out and the hydro flask was gone. And the fact that, like, as easy as that was, it's twice as easy to rape someone like actually mind-boggling yeah how that works it's so it's like hard to comprehend Mm -hmm. but just and I feel like the more we say rape the less of an impact it has right but like we're talking about rape we're talking about like physically violently forcing somebody to have sex with you exactly and that's why this is so shocking because comparing it to a water bottle the fact that it's... It takes three seconds to steal a water bottle. Yeah. It takes at least ten minutes to rape someone. Maybe not ten. We'll say five. Yeah. But considerably longer than it takes to steal a water bottle. And it's also not silent. I don't have to make any noise or take any time to take something off a desk. Right. I do, however, have to make some type of noise while participating in rape. Right. Not Definitely. The victims don't always... Because, you know, fight or flight takes over and sometimes you literally just freeze and play dead. Like your brain won't let you do anything. Right. But I can guarantee the perp isn't silently raping you. Exactly. There's no way. But it's still easier. Yes. Only 20% of female student victims aged 18 to 24 report to law enforcement. And there are various reasons why 80% of the victims don't report to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. 26% of them believed it was a personal matter. 20% had a fear of retaliation. 12% believed it wasn't important enough to report. 10% did not want to get the perpetrator in trouble. 9% believed the police would not or could not do anything to help. And 4% reported but not to the police. And 35% did not report but for unlisted reasons. And, I mean, if you have heard our our first part of this podcast, you pretty much know what those reasons are. Exactly. This one is the one that bothers me the most. 10% did not want to get the perpetrator in trouble. Yes. Like that also, that just feeds into this idea of like good and bad men so bad. Like, oh, they're a football star. I can't take away their career. Yes, you can. Women are like, as women in American society, we're literally trained to to think this way. We have to be passive. We have to be polite. We have to be people present. Exactly. So there's no way I'm about to ruin this kid's life. He has such a bright future. He's exactly. He's a star athlete. He's valedictorian. He's whatever. No. No. Like, why are we teaching our girls this? Exactly. Like, they just, they, like, their lives are practically ruined. They have a trauma they have to live with for the rest of their lives. Exactly. And believing it's not important enough, I feel like, also ties into that. Because it's like, oh, they probably won't believe me anyways. They'll probably take his side. And usually that is the case, so that's a valid thought process. Mm-hmm. Because we went into this extent more in our first podcast, but 
there are a lot of reasons that people blame the victim first before believing them. So this one was also very strange to me. More than 50% of college sexual assault cases occur from the months of August through November. And then students are also at an increased risk during the first few months of first and second semester. I wonder what the science is behind that, because I didn't really look into right. it, but I'm sure there's like... I'm sure there's a reason. I feel like it's August through September, I mean, November makes sense to me, because that's a lot of people's first time at college. Yeah. A lot of freshmen. Mm, absolutely. Easy targets. And very easy targets, especially for the upperclassmen. And so I can see why that would occur, because mm-hmm. the freshmen aren't going to know what to do in that situation. I wonder what the second semester has to do with it, though. I just, I don't know, but I thought that was really interesting. I wonder if it's, like, your load is lighter at the beginning, so you have more time to, like, go out and party. Right. Because if you think about, like, the impact that frats have, which we will be talking about frats in a minute. Yes. I mean, if they're most active in that first portion, right, definitely is going to, like have a huge impact but I feel like parties are always going on even if people get busy yeah exactly but probably just not as many people going and that's why the cases go down first semester also makes sense to me because football season true rallies like obviously sports are popular in America regardless but I mean football is like the sport that people care about in this country right if you're if you're especially if you're a big football school people like get drafted from your school you're like known for that and we're going to be talking about this in, in a minute, but people go to bat for you when you commit rape and you're, like, going to be a future player. Yes, they do. The school will cover up your rape. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, a person at your school, like, your coach is going to cover it up. I mean your entire school, administration, yeah. board, campus police, they will cover up that rape. Mm-hmm. They'll just erase it. It never yeah. even happened. Not acceptable. Mm-mm. So, before we get into all of that, let's talk about frats. Now, there's more than one way that frats affect rape, you know, in college. There is the reputation that frats have and just, like, the presence of alcohol and this sense of superiority that that frat boys have. Right. And then there's also, like, the hazing process. Mm -hmm. And then there's the effect that past frat brothers have on a school when it comes to like donations yes all of these things play a huge part in the way that colleges take care of rape on campus yes so first men in frats are three times more likely to rape than like any other college guy three times more likely that is so scary yeah and then obviously when you think about the surroundings of a frat boy sadly that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Body count is all that's talked about. Right. The presence of drugs and alcohol with no supervision. Right. At like, and especially if these are like off campus, like there's very little that your school is going to be able, very little in quotes, that right. your school is going to be able to do to prevent that. And then there was an interviewer that once did these interviews on campuses and they asked girls like on Friday night that were, you know, dressed to go out do you go to frat parties? And there are girls like, that are like, oh, we do. We just don't go to Sigma, Beta, whatever, because that's the roofie house. Right. Or we don't go to that house because that's the rape house. Yeah. They 
the fact that they have these reputations among students on campus and they're not being shut down. Exactly. They're not being reexamined. They're not they're not even getting a slap on the wrist. Nope. They're just gonna get away with it. But students are calling them the roofie house? Yeah. Wouldn't you investigate that? I shut mean, that down? It's just beyond crazy. It is. This oh the second part was hazing. Hazing can literally consist of making somebody rape. Mm-hmm. You have to sleep with this girl by this deadline. And if you can't make it happen, what are you going to do? You're going to rape her. Exactly. It's so sad, but that's the reality. It is. And then I personally didn't know about this. And then I was watching Euphoria, which is an HBO show that Zendaya is like the star of. Mm-hmm. And there was an episode where this character, McKay, he was his freshman year at college. He was a football player, and he was initiation process. A group of guys in masks stormed into his room while he was with his girlfriend, about to get intimate, pulled him off of her, raped him. A group of them just held him down, recorded, raped him in these masks, and then ran out of his room. I had never even thought of that being a part of hazing, and I, right. looked, in, I looked into it, and it is popular. That's horrible. That is not a one-off deal on a random TV show. That happened. Oh, my God. It is so crazy. So now these frats are telling boys, please go rape, and then they're raping them. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. I My mind was actually blown when I looked at the real yeah. numbers. That's just unbelievable. But I mean, these boys are so desensitized yes. to sex being like an intimate act that needs permission. Right. That they'll literally do anything to anyone just for laughs. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And then because of that, I mean, it just makes sense that they grow up and then they keep doing it. Yes. Because, oh, if it happened to me and everyone thinks it's so funny and it's so casual and it happens every day, what's stopping me from doing it? Right. And then the frat cycle continues. And then I'm sure that well, I don't want to say this about everyone, but when McKay grows up and he's a senior in his frat and it's his turn to do that to somebody else, a freshman, is he going to say no? Like, right. what Like, what are we teaching these boys? Like, what are our future men that are going to be leading this country? Exactly. What are we teaching them? Exactly. And again, this ties so heavily to toxic masculinity, which we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Teach these boys that you can't have emotions besides anger. And then that bubbles and that bubbles until it turns into this exactly and then lastly so what is a school to do when a frat is known for being the rape frat and there's multiple cases against the frat the logical answer is to shut it down but now they're at risk of losing millions of dollars in donations from past frat boys of that frat right so no they're not going to do that they'll give the boys a slap on the wrist you are suspended for a week. You are out of next week's game. That's it. That's it. You're not expelled. You missed one week of class. That's what? ridiculous. Because these schools, they're businesses. Yeah, obviously. They put everything, they put money first for everything. Of course. And that's really unfortunate, but it's true. That's why you never hear about cases happening at half of these schools. That's not something they talk about. Because why are they going to talk about sexual assault cases? If they want to try to entice people into paying thousands and thousands of dollars to attend. Absolutely. 
we're a safe school. We're not a party school. These things don't happen here. And that's not true. And they know it. So don't be fooled by your president of your school, regardless of where you go. No, just because you don't go to a party school doesn't mean that these things don't happen. And also, if you don't do go to a party school, don't just expect this to happen and don't just accept it. Like, fight against it. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't even thinking about it like that. But please, just because you know you're going to a party school doesn't mean that you're allowed to get raped. Right. It's not like a permission. Paying your tuition isn't like, yes, I, I accept the possibility of rape at the school. Exactly. No. That is not something you agreed to. You paid to get your education. Mm-hmm. You paid to have an experience, to learn, to grow as a person. You didn't pay to, you didn't sign up for that. So don't just expect that if it happens to you oh well because you go to a party school and also partying shouldn't automatically mean rape exactly a drunk girl shouldn't mean oh here's an object to rape exactly that is like if somebody's passed out they're not telling you please come over here and have sex with me they're passed out they're passed out they're telling you leave me alone or get me a cup of water exactly grab my friend get me some care so on the topic of colleges being businesses a lot of the times Colleges will encourage their students to go to campus police instead of police outside of the college when it comes to rape. Why? Obviously, it's it makes it so much easier if the school is the only person involved. To just brush it under the rug. And again, what do you think the campus police are asking? What were, were you, you drunk? wearing? What were you drinking? Mm-hmm. Did you tell him no? Did you tell him to stop? Did you try to break your way out of it? If it was a crowded party, why didn't you scream for help? Exactly. <sighs> Again, with the victim blaming, like, it, it, seriously, somebody got raped and you're telling them it's your fault? Yes. First of all, like, don't, go, don't tell anyone. Second of all, it's your fault, so pack up and go. What? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make, it's not rational at all. That doesn't make any sense. And if you even try to justify that, Why? Just think about yourself and reevaluate what you believe in, because that's just, that's not justified. Now, we talked about a very Catholic school and how this can't ever happen at this kind of school. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about Ivies. Mm-hmm. Ivies are probably, they're like the breeding ground for rape. Oh, yeah. In Harvard, and this was like a huge thing when it first happened. But there was a group of men, mostly frat boys, marching around campus with signs chanting, no means yes, yes means anal, at Harvard University. Harvard. Prestigious Harvard, with their tiny acceptance rate, inexpensive school. How is it that this was only talked about for, like, a few days on the news? It was very brief. And never mentioned again. Really? No means yes, yes means anal? That is not true. What? What kind of culture are you promoting where you're okay with students at your school saying that? You condoned that behavior. And then a similar case in Brown, students, women, had been coming out to their administration saying that I was right by these people. Administration was doing what they do best, pushing it aside, hiding it, covering it up, making these girls feel like it was their fault and they have no right to come out and blame these men. Exactly. So what did the girls do? They retaliated. They wrote the names of men who had either raped or sexually assaulted them in the bathrooms. And then 
when kind of like the news got out and people on campus started hearing it, boys on in Brown University, Brown, also tiny acceptance rate, mm-hmm. super expensive, super expensive, known to be an amazing school. Yep. Boys at this school were saying, these girls are liars. They don't even know what rape is. They're stupid. They're idiots. Like, I thought- these are quotes from men going to Brown. They don't even know what rape is. I thought these were the smart boys and the smart girls, right? These are the ones that are supposed to know what they're doing. Yeah. They're going to Brown. Exactly. They're very educated. I thought... They're the good guys. The good guys, exactly. They are the good guys. They were the perfect students in high school, the multi-sport athletes. They worked their job, and they were probably their class president. But... This is what your school represents. If you're so prestigious and you sweep this under the rug, why should anybody ever go to your school? Like, if you condone this behavior, why would anyone feel safe going to your school? And there's a reason they don't talk about it and brush it under the rug, because they know they'll lose millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. No one's going to want to go to a school where there's a ton of rape cases. Let, let me let's think about it this way. So I know that my school has a problem with rape. I'm gonna brush it away from the public. Yes. The least I can do is bring some kind of awareness on campus. Right. Some kind of prevention program. But no, I'm not gonna do that either. Nope. We're just gonna let this happen. We're not even going to talk to these boys. We're going to believe them instead of the victims because it's easier for us and we won't lose money this way. Just because this is such a heavy subject, and this is obviously our second episode talking about it, I do want to bring up a little fact, and it it contributes to why it's important to combat it on college campuses. Right. Not all men rape. Very few men rape, but those men rape repeatedly. Exactly. And they will not stop raping until they are put away or reprimanded in some... Actually, until they're put away. Exactly. They're not going to stop raping until they are put away. Because reprimanding them doesn't do anything. They know that they didn't get in trouble the first time. They didn't get in trouble the second time. They didn't get in trouble the third time. All they did was get... All that happened was that somebody talked to them and said, No, don't do that. That's bad. Mm -hmm. They need to, like... The fullest extent of the law has to apply to these rapists. Yes. Because this notion that, like, all men are bad, no, that's not what we're saying. No. We're saying that that few men are horrible. Exactly. Are absolutely disgusting, are vile. Exactly. And when you don't put them away and when your college ignores them and lets them out into the professional world where they have access to more victims. Exactly. What do you think they're going to do in that situation? And whose fault is it? If you, as the president of your school knew that this man raped five women on your campus and you allow them out into the world. You allow them to be a a football player on a professional American team. You allow them to be president of the United States. Do you understand how big their victim pool just got? They have access to anyone. And they're going to keep getting away with it because now they have money and power. Yes. So you protected them when they could have actually gotten in trouble. So then society could protect them in the future. And now, how many victims do you think they have? Because rapists don't just stop raping. No, they don't at all. 
Once it's, they get, uh, it's brain chemistry. And they love power, which is the whole point of rape. It's mm-hmm. a power dynamic. Like we said. Yes. Power and dominance. That's what rape is about. It's not about sexual gratification. It's about asserting power. Exactly. And now you're already in a place of power. So you can't get that satisfaction from your work environment. So where else are you going to go to get it? Rape. Yep. Not to mention that we have to protect these girls at these schools because this is their first time being out in the world. Right. We also have to be responsible and prevent, you know, rapists from getting out into the world and like having these lives. Exactly. Where they can do exactly that over and over and over again. If you have a chance to stop it, it is your duty to stop it. Yes. It is not just a choice you make. Not at all. Please actively stop it. We don't need the cycle continuing. Perpetuating it is not clearly not solving the problem. So stop it at its root. So now that we've recorded this much, we have realized that this is a lot for only two episodes. Yes, and that we needed to turn it into three. I don't think anyone will be upset about it, but (laughs) it's all very important information that you guys still need to hear. Absolutely. So instead of having one episode that's over an hour long, it just makes more sense to do two shorter ones. Especially because it's such a heavy topic that people might need a break too just from listening to it. Definitely. I know the editing process has been grueling. Yes. So thank you so much for listening thus far. And we are so excited for you to hear part three. Thank you for sticking around for three (laughs) parts. We are also know this is a very important topic to cover and we just want to do a really good job with it. Thanks, guys. With all of that being said, don't forget that That there's there's always always hope hope for change today. today.